It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show author Jane Green. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, Janine. Nice to be here. As I mentioned off air, I'm originally from Connecticut. What led you to set, you know, this whole story where you are in Westport? Well, I, I loved Ellen Hildebrand is a friend of mine who writes these wonderful books that are set on Nantucket. Mm-hmm. And she's very much made Nantucket a character in her novels. And I moved to Westport, Connecticut almost well, almost seventeen years ago. And for a long time I, I sort of avoided setting it here. I, I created a fictitious town of Highfield, Connecticut, um, which was a, you know, a little bit of Westport, a little bit of, of uh, New Canaan. Mm-hmm. But I, I realize now that I love this town and there, there are so many different sides of this town. You know, Westport is, you look at it through one lens and it's yes. one way, you look at it through another, it's a completely different town. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky enough to be married to somebody who grew up here. So I oh. feel like I've, I've been introduced to the old Westport um, yes. through through his eyes. And and I love the idea of making it a character in my books. And also, I don't have to go very far for research. Right. Um, <laughs> and and writing it, setting it, my books in a place I know so well, for me, grounds it. It just, it grounds the book. And I think it grounds it for my readers as well. I want to ask you about this latest book, The Sunshine Sisters, what is your writing process like? I mean, do you have a clear idea of your story and your characters ahead of time, or does it evolve? Um, it's a great question. I, my first 12 novels, I, have, I had a very rough idea of the arc of the story, um, you know, beginning, middle, and end, couple of plot points, but I very much let the characters tell their own stories. And then I changed publisher, and I worked with a new editor who... Um, demanded much more from me as she wanted a 20-page outline and plot and suspense and drama and mm-hmm. and I, I I although technically the the books I wrote for her were amongst the best of my career I think I lost something in the process I lost sight of my characters because I was so busy focusing on the plot and on writing to keep somebody else happy that I lost the kind of warmth of the character-driven novels that I'd had in my earlier books. I understand. Sunshine Sisters, I went back to my earlier way of writing. I had an editorial meeting where people threw these ideas at me. We think the mother should be this, and we think the daughter should be this. And I I remember sitting there and saying, yeah, yeah, I I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And then I went back Mm. home, and I sat with it for a couple of days, and I thought, no, I need to write this book the way I wrote my earlier books. I need to develop the characters. I have an idea of the theme, but I need to develop the characters and let them tell their own stories. It's it's a very interesting process being a writer because no one can really tell you how to make the characters. They do evolve in your mind as you're going. The characters really do evolve. When when you've drawn them correctly, there's always a a process of discovery. The first section of the book is is a little bit frightening, mm-hmm. quite hard, because you're, you're not sure who these people are. And, and then they reveal themselves to you. And often they will lead the, stories in, the story in, in ways that you couldn't possibly have anticipated. Um, and those are my favorite kinds of books to write. And with this one, I, I focused on a different sister every day. Oh. I'd wake up in the morning and think, oh, well, you know, I, I wrote about Nell yesterday, what's Meredith up to today? And it was really... I love that process, because you're devoting specific time to the development of one character. 
yeah, I, I really didn't, even though, you know, towards the end, it, it, it is, they're all together, but I, my focus was very much on a different sister every day, and uh, I loved it. it, it just, I was excited to see what they were going to do that day. Did you always imagine yourself a writer? Because I know growing up when I was a teenager, writing was really cathartic for me and helpful and helped me deal with a lot of dysfunctional stuff in my own life. As a teenager, I journaled. It was the only time in my life that I journaled. Mm -hmm. And certainly at that time, it was a tremendous catharsis for me as well. Um, But I never dreamt that I would become a writer. I thought I was going to be an artist. But of course, it's not that different. You know, creativity is creativity. Um, And the truth is, I think I became a writer because I was a reader. I was a child who was terribly shy, who who always felt that she was standing slightly on the outside observing. Um, And the place I found my my solace and my joy was always within the pages of books. And I truly believe that's why I became a writer. That makes sense. I've heard that a lot, that people that read tremendous amounts of books become great writers. And, I mean, 12 books, that's an incredible accomplishment. Well, 12, I wrote 12, and then 5, and then this is my 19th novel, actually. (gasps) Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Amazing. How is it you seem to really understand dysfunctional families? What's that all about? (laughs) Oh, um, well, how far is this being broadcast? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, well, you just mentioned, just mentioned your own dysfunctional family. Oh, yes. Um, and, and I have to say, I, all families are dysfunctional, yes. I think, in some way, shape, or form. Whether or not you're aware of it as a child is another thing. Um, I think I was very aware of, of the specific dysfunctions of my own family as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I became, even then, sort of fascinated by families and by how we deal with what life throws at us and, and whether we can transform ourselves and, mm-hmm. and whether we can walk a different path. You know, there's a very famous poem that I, I held in my head. It's been one of my favorites for years. I held it in my head the throughout the writing of this book um, and I can't obviously use the profanity on this podcast so yes, I shall please no. <laughs> it, but you get the general idea okay. um, and it's a poem by Philip Larkin called This Be The Verse and I shall recite the first two um, verses for you which Wonderful. are They F you up, your mum and dad They may not mean to, but they do They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you but they were effed up in their turn by fools in old-style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Um, oh, I think love that. Powerful, isn't it? Love it. Um, I think as you, as you age and as you have children of your own, particularly, you realize that, that your parents were only doing the best they could with the knowledge that they had. And, and I have long been fascinated by that. So the, the Sunshine Sisters was the perfect opportunity to take three girls who, who were intensely damaged by their mother and their father, actually. I mean, their father isn't very present, which in itself is tremendously damaging. You know, mm-hmm. they had the abandonment of their father and then this, this 
this volatility and unpredictability of their mother. Um, and and the question that I always had was, who are they going to grow up to be, and can they can they still make their lives work? Can they still find a place of peace and a place to call home despite all that they have undergone? You know what? I, I'm a little taken aback here because I had a very dysfunctional relationship with my mother. Uh, my dad just passed a year and a half ago. And that's why I'm also very drawn to this because a lot of us do not have healthy relationships with our parents. And you you learn a lot as you get older, as you become a parent about that relationship. So yeah. this is a very, very powerful book that really touches a lot of people. Yeah. I And I think, you know... When we first meet the girls, they are so intent on on blame, blaming their mother, blaming their father, blaming their stepmother, blaming each other. Mm -hmm. The blame lies at everybody else's feet for why they are the way they are. But actually throughout the book, what happens is they, they start to accept that they have a personal responsibility and that, oh, yes. that blame blame does blame keeps you stuck. Right. Blame doesn't get you anywhere. That's right. And, and really, it's once they stop blaming and start accepting one another with all their flaws that they're able to actually move on and, and really find happiness. You know, I didn't touch on, could you just uh, tell the listeners the premise of this book? Yeah. So Ronnie Sunshine is, is an actress who moves from England to Hollywood in the 70s to try and make it as a movie star and uh, she in fact becomes very successful as a B-movie actress and she is self-absorbed and spoiled and narcissistic with terrible rages, doesn't have a maternal bone in her body but because she's fulfilling what's expected of her as this young starlet, she ends up with these three daughters that she's completely disinterested in and worse than that, you know, rages at um, mm -hmm. on a regular basis. These three girls grow up in an atmosphere that is sometimes loving and fun and warm, but often entirely unpredictable. And so they have a sense throughout their childhood of, of walking on eggshells. They have to take the temperature of a room as soon as they walk in because they never know which mother they're going to get. Um, and we visit them throughout their childhoods at different stages. So we really get to see who they are and, 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 and how this has impacted them. And then when we meet them in present day, Ronnie Sunshine, who, who has been this celebrated beauty, has been diagnosed with a terminal illness. And she really? calls her three, her now three adult daughters back home to be with her um, during her final days and to make amends, to try and right some of her wrongs and really to help facilitate these girls find their way back to each other because the girls are all not only estranged from their mother, they're largely estranged from each other. Um, and they all come home and each of these girls are leading very separate and very different lives. Um, the eldest now works on a farm and she, her way of dealing with her mother was to build these high walls and boundaries not to let anyone in and she suddenly finds herself unexpectedly falling in love with the last person on earth she would have ever expected, um, dealing with secrets that she's hidden even from herself. Um, and then you have the middle daughter, Meredith, who dealt with her mother by people-pleasing um, and trying to make everything 
everything good. And mm-hmm. she finds herself engaged to a man she's slowly realizing she might hate. And then Lizzie, who is the baby of the family, spoiled and indulged, and most like her mother, selfish. Um, she is a celebrated chef with a husband, a toddler, and a lover. And, and her life is about to explode as all three girls come home to discover whether blood is thicker than water after all. Whew. Okay, ready for the movie. <laughs> yes. Cross. yes, please. Oh, I can definitely see it. I know we have to wrap. So where do people, where can they go to find out more about you? Um, they can go to janegreen.com. Uh, they can go to Facebook. If they go to Facebook and type in Jane Green Author, they will find my um, public page where I post things on a regular basis daily. And yes, it is me answering your comments. And if I do get to Westport, because I have a very close friend and a cousin that lives there, I would love to meet you. Maybe I could take uh, you for uh, coffee. Let's, let's have tea when you're next in town. I would love that. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, mine too, Janine. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap for this week's show. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just visit moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. I'm also on Facebook at Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. The show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you'd like to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.